maybe that's what we all wish for, no ordinary life. My name's Andrea Smith. I'm the pastor here at West United Methodist Church. If you're worshiping with us for the first time today, we extend a very special welcome to you, especially if you're worshiping with us online this morning, this Memorial Day weekend. It is a beautiful day here in the Lake Norman community. So for all of you who are sitting in the auditorium or worshiping with us online this morning, I want to say thank you for giving your time and coming here. I hope you don't leave disappointed. If you do, let me know, and I probably can't fix it after it's done, but, you know, I'll work harder next week. We are going... That was funny. Oh, please. Thank you. Uh, we're going to talk this morning for a little while about what it would be like to have no ordinary life. And if you walked in this morning, you saw in the commons area out there a lot of stuff. For the last 10 to 15 minutes of the morning, hopefully about 10.45, we're going to break and go out there and give you an opportunity to do some things that will cause you to have no ordinary life. And hopefully by the end of the message, that will make sense. The first question is something that I want your response to this morning. So I want you to clap uh, as a response. I want you to think for just a second before that, though, what do you wish your superpower? Power was if you were a superhero, if you could have any kind of superpower, and I'm going to name a few. Uh, what would you want yours to be? So think about that for just a second, and then I'm going to name them, and you clap to respond. So think for just a second. What would you want your superpower to be? All right. Now, how many of you, and only pick. One, so I know you don't know what all is going on in my head, but just clap when the one that you really want to do is said. How many of you wish you could fly? How many of you wish you could teleport? Just a few. Flying is bigger than teleporting. How many of you wish that you could, like, see Things like see everything. You look into someone and you see all that they're thinking, all that makes them who they are. Uh, how X-ray vision, maybe that's the superpower. How many of you wish you could be invisible? Are there any that I left out that you would like to name? Strength? Okay, you can do anything at all. You have amazing strength like the Hulk. How many of you wish that was your superpower? And memory, uh, that you can remember everything. I don't know that... I'm not supposed to give you my opinion. Sorry. Uh, How many of you wish that was your superpower? A few. All right. If we could have any power that we wanted... Maybe even we could have all the powers wrapped up in one. I think we would have no ordinary life. We would have an extraordinary life. But, you know, we don't have magic capes that we wear on our back. We can't, you know, do our fingers and spider webs come out of our fingers and then we can leap buildings with a single bound. Frankly, we are super powerless or are we 
That's the question I want us to think about today. And actually, for the next several weeks, we are going to be doing a message series that looks a little bit at superheroes. But more than just that, uh, I want us to look at our lives, our own lives, and what superpowers that we have. You know, we were created in the image of God, Imago Dei, and we all have these amazing superpowers. So maybe, no, we can't just fly or, you know, cast webs, but we have things that are locked inside of us that we could barely even tap into, uh, much less imagine, unless we actually become very intentional about that. If we stop and we think about who we are and what gifts that we've been given, and then how can we use them to make a difference in this world. I want to show you two pictures this morning. These are modern day men. They were born in the early 1900s, but modern day men who have superpowers. I want to show you their pictures. I want to see if any of you know who they are. If you do, I would invite you to shout out their name. I want to show you the first picture. Does anybody know who that is? I didn't either until I was doing research for this message. His name is Jack Kirby, and he has superpowers. I want to show you the second picture. Very good. Wow, that's impressive. Raise your hands if you knew who that was. Good for y'all. How did you know that? The movies? Very good. He also has superpowers. Now, those two gentlemen worked together, and they used their superpowers to create superpowers. I want you to hear just a few things that those two gentlemen did together. They created the following. Captain America, Fantastic Four, The Incredible Hulk, Thor, X-Men, and Marvel comics. Those two men joined together in the early 1900s to create superheroes, what we know of as superheroes. Now, there was a reason that they did it. It was not because they did not have anything better to do. I want to give you a glimpse into who these guys really were. We know them as Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Here are their actual names. Jack Kirby, born in 1917, was known, and his birth identity was Jacob Kurtzberg. Stan Lee, since y'all are fans of Stan Lee, do you know what his original birth name is? Very good, very good. You're very wise or either really quick at Google, but that was really, really good. I always invite you to Google what I'm saying to make sure I'm accurate and you can feel free to tell me that I'm not after the message. So, Kurtzberg and Lieber in the early 1900s. What's that got to do with anything? They were Jewish Americans. Think about the 1900s, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s. Was that a time period in our nation where it was very popular to be Jewish men? No. In fact, some of the unrest that was going on in our world, the constant threat of war, 
the Nazi regime. If you were Jewish, you didn't seem to have a lot on your side. These two creative geniuses joined forces with a few other people, and they decided that they were going to use the resources that they had, which were amazing imaginations and an ability to create and to draw, and they were going to come up with what we know of as modern-day superheroes. They created this whole group of people that had these extraordinary powers to bring hope. People needed hope. In a time when there was a constant, overwhelming sense of the impending depression, war, and just in a time of dismal loss of hope, they knew that the the world needed something, so they created it. Now, they created these superheroes based on something. I want you to take a look at this movie clip. If you were here on Easter Sunday, you saw it then with a different meaning behind it. This is a clip from the Avengers. I want you to take a look at it, and then we're going to figure out how these two gentlemen, what they founded this whole superhero idea on. And then I'm going to read some words from the book of Ephesians. It's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a new church. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's when we celebrate uh, the birthday of the church. It's when the, we remember the people who were gathered together in the upper room after Jesus had ascended and, and gone away after the death and resurrection. And they were together and they felt this amazing spirit. And it came in the room and it just it turned their souls on fire. And then they went out and they were no longer afraid of being persecuted or killed in the love of God or for the name of God. They took their fear and they did something with it, they became superheroes. But then a couple of thousand years later, the world needed some more. And so these men, Stan and Jacob, they relied on their faith, their Jewish faith, and they created some characters that trace back to what they believe. I want you to take a look from this clip of the Avengers. Son of a guy. He's not slowing down. What just happened? Please tell me nobody kissed me.
there are some spiritual undertones to that movie clip. Death, resurrection, breathing new life into something. That's just one of many spiritual undertones that are all throughout the superhero movies and comic strips. Do you know that in our country, the superheroes really took off again and started making tons of money uh, and became the biggest genre in movies right after 9-11? After 9-11 happened, that's when we as a nation started pouring our money toward marketing and all those things and going to the movies and the genre that took over as most popular were superheroes. People want something to believe in. I do. Do you? Do you want something to believe in? Do you want something that's bigger than we are to hold on to? Do you want something that brings hope in the midst of darkness and in the midst of despair? The gentleman who created these figures did. You know, they had to change their names because they were scorned in society. Today, maybe you and I may not have that type of scorn, but there are lots of other things that are going on in our world, and our world stands in need, again, of some superheroes. If you've seen the news over the past couple of weeks, I dare say that you have seen articles about the Rise of nuns or duns. That's the group of people in our nation that say that they want absolutely nothing to do with anything institutional about religion. They are the group of people that claim no religious affiliation, be it Jewish, Muslim, Christian, anything. They want nothing to do with it. That's why they're called nuns. In fact, of this one particular age group, in their 18 to 30, only 4% of all the U.S. citizens aged 18 to 30, only 4% of that number have any religious, any, I'm not talking about Protestant Christian, I'm talking about any religious affiliation at all. Adam Hamilton and Mike Slaughter, who are two United Methodist pastors of the largest United Methodist churches in our nation, uh, did an interview, and they were talking with one another and the panel about why this is true. And they shared that in 15 years, 15 years, I'll still, I hope, be employed in 15 years unless we reverse the trend. Methodism most likely won't exist unless the trend changes. Fifteen years, that was a sobering statistic for me. But you know what? At the end of the day, that really doesn't, the statistic doesn't matter. It's not about pension or salary. It's about people. Now, I can say this to you because we're not one of those faith communities Last year, we actually, since the end of last year till now, we are growing. It's a good thing. I believe we're growing because we're doing the things that are different than what the people that are nuns and duns are saying the reasons that they don't want to be a part of a church. They say church is irrelevant. They say that church is hypocritical. 
Now, we embrace that one actually because we know that we are all sort of messed up, including me. That's why you don't ever hear me get up here and say, well, you better stop doing this and you better start doing that. It's always a we. I'm not any holier or uh, more perfect. In fact, during a counseling session one time, I said, well, I understand where you're coming from. You see, blah, blah, blah. And they said, well, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be perfect. I said, well, then we're messed up because I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let you down really fast. I'm human just like all of us. I try, though. That's the difference between us all, not me, but us all working together. We're trying. And that's why I think we can say as a group of people that we're not hypocritical because we recognize that within our community we're going to mess up, we're going to love each other through the mess-ups, and we're going to keep going, and all people are welcome. There are no closed doors here at West. So therefore, we can live into that thing of being non-hypocritical. We try very hard to be relevant. You will hear occasionally Greek or Hebrew words come out of my mouth, but hopefully the messages will bring something that will help us in our day-to-day lives. That's why the message series this time is called No Ordinary Life. We are created in this beautiful image of God to be extraordinary. We have to figure out how. It's why this summer we will do a message series on sweet emotions, the voices that go on inside our heads. It's why on Father's Day Sunday we will not meet here at Lake Norman High School at 10 a.m. We will meet at Amstar Theater across the interstate in Mooresville to watch a movie. Not because I wanted a Sunday off. There are cheaper ways for me to get a Sunday off. It's because it's a great way for us to actually see, you know, true human depiction of the things that go on inside our heads. And if we hear it from somebody other than me, it's less threatening. But then we're going to take each of those emotions over the next few weeks and we're going to look at them and we're going to explore them. Anger, we all have anger. We all have disgust. We all have envy. We're going to look at them and see what happens when we feel them. And how can we use our emotions for good? You see, we're trying to do things that matter, that make our life not just ordinary. That's what we're called to do. It's what those two gentlemen did a hundred years ago. They used their gifts that they had been given for good. It's what we're called to do. The question is, how? So I want you to hear these words from the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church of Ephesus, and this church was in the middle of a city that was experiencing some disgust and anger towards followers of Christ. Because you see, these followers of Christ, they were worshiping a God that was not captured in a bronze image. They were worshiping a God that was captured in their souls. This God, this love. Because that's what Jesus taught them. This love that lived in each of them. They didn't need to purchase the idols and do these rituals that they had been doing for so many years. So these merchants in the town, guess what? They were losing income because of this newfound faith called Christianity. And so there was unrest in 
the city and therefore it bled into the church and the people were trying to find their way. Isn't that what we're all doing? Aren't we all trying to find our way? Sometimes we lose our way. And sometimes we lose our way when we try to figure out how our, how our way measures against everybody else's way. So I want you to hear these words from the Apostle Paul to the church, and then I want us to apply them to ourselves and then see how we can live an extraordinary life. It's in Ephesians 3. I'm starting with verse 17. Now Paul's writing to the church, and he says, And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ. To know this and to know that the love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure with all the goodness of God. And now to the one who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to God's power that is at work within us, to God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I want you to listen to that last part of that verse because here's our answer. Here's the how. Now, to the one who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, Jacob Kurtzberg and Stanley Lieber had superpowers they did not imagine. They used their creativity and they used their imaginations and they used their business sense and they created a genre that now is the leading genre in theater today. They would have never predicted that. They were just trying to give people something to hold on to. Each of us, you and me, we are created with power. We have a power that lives within us. It's called love. It's called God. God is love. It's up to us to tap into that power. And you see, that's where it goes back to the church. And today's the birthday of the church. So today, it's a fitting day for us to wrap short the message and then to go actually use our gifts. Here's what we're going to do in just a few moments. If you're worshiping with us online, I invite you to be a part of this in several different ways. And I'll explain how in just a minute. First of all, you're going to see tons of tennis shoes out there. They're all, I hope, tied together. They should be. They are grouped together in pairs. But you see, they still have tags and plastic and paper and stuff in them. Some are still in the boxes, and we need those out of the boxes. There's hundreds of pair out there, and that's just a drop in the bucket because, you see, it's just the beginning of summer. 
We do this thing called the back to school bash. If you're not familiar with it, it's this thing that now has actually grown and it will help three-fourths of the students in Iredale County. The good news is financially, we're only responsible for our little area. But we are mentoring and we are uh, showing and coaching pastors in the Statesville area and pastors in the Troutman area how to multiply something that you created. We financially will support the back-to-school bash in Mooresville, and we will probably serve 1,500 to 2,000 students with free school supplies and free tennis shoes. So in just a minute, you're going to have a chance to go sit around the tables out there and open up shoe boxes and take the paper out and throw it in the recycle bins and then just group the shoes over in some boxes. They can be sorted and counted later by pre-event volunteers, but that's part of you using your powers today. At another area, we're going to have a station where you can write notes to veterans. It's Memorial Day weekend as a country. We remember those who have given their lives so that we can have freedom. As a way of saying thank you to those families who have lost loved ones, we're going to care for the people that are still yet alive. We're going to do that by writing notes to the veterans. And we have two people at West that are serving in the armed forces right now in active duty, Tim Montgomery and Skip Parks. We're going to be sending... Yeah, you can clap for them. We are going to be making care packages for their groups of people there in different branches. And so out there on my right, which would be your left, there's a long table. And there's some cardboard boxes. And then there's items. And then there's note cards. Write a note and say on behalf of West United Methodist Church, we just want to say thank you. And we'll send those. We use our power. How did we buy all this stuff? We bought it with the money that you put in the black boxes in the back or that you text to give or that you give online. That's what bought pretty much everything out there right now today. We also are going to be doing things for the group that is going to Nebi, Uganda. That is our global partner, Pastor Jeffrey and Acres of Hope. You're going to be packaging the things that they take with them. Michelle Campbell will be leading that area. And then we have a couple of other stations. We need people to sort and count the flyers for the back-to-school bash because, you see, between all of the areas, all three bashes, we'll be sending out like 9,000 flyers. Several of those are out there. We need them grouped in sets of 30. Now, you know what? We could have paid people to do that. We could have had a few volunteers take them home. But I believe that there's something that happens when, as a community, we get out of the seats that are cushy and we work together for good. It's called modern-day superpower. Who would have ever thought that the day before a new faith community launched, we'd have this event called The Bash where we thought 200 kids would come and there were like 4,000 people there that day. And now it's grown to four other bashes and we get to mentor and show the way. Who would have thought? That's a modern-day superpower, not one that I have, one we have collectively as a team. You have a part 
If you're worshiping with us online, you get to use your superpowers too. If you'll take just a few moments, and if you'll write a note to one of the folks that are serving in the armed forces and email it to me or put it in your chat window there, put it on the West Facebook page, we will download those, print those, and send it to the people that are serving with Tim and with Skip. Or if you're out and about today, you can go buy a pair of tennis shoes. For every pair of tennis shoes that someone else buys, the bash does not have to buy them. You have superpowers. To all who followed Jesus, right before he faced his death, he was gathered with them and he told them, If you will rely on the power of God that is in you, you are going to be able to do far more than you've seen here with me. Now, Jesus would not have said that if it were not true. So as much as life bites sometimes, and as many hurdles as we have to jump over and diagnosis that we hear that we don't like and jobs that just seem like they're going nowhere and relationships that you know end when we don't want them to, all those icky things of life, to all who believe, to all who embrace, there's a power that lives in each of us that is far greater than anything we could ask or imagine. I invite you to walk alongside me And let's use our modern-day superpowers. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, you have called us and you have equipped us to follow you. Help us see ways, not just together as a group, but individually as we leave this place, of ways we can be your light that shines among a world that oftentimes feels very dark. Use us to be your hands and your feet. And we give you thanks that a couple of thousand years ago, a group of people were together and they felt the alive presence of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And they started this thing called the church. What a privilege it is in a time where the church isn't really so cool anymore. What a privilege it is to be a part of a new way of being church. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.